I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Have you enjoyed John, who's been uh, my hype man? Has he done a good job? John is an incredible host, and when we found out he was coming, uh, we were like, please host with us. This is awesome. He had sponsored this event by um, giving away your book to some of your listeners and t-shirts and just, just out of the kindness of his heart, believing in our ministry. And so we just wanted him to be more involved. And one of the ways I wanted him to be involved is to bring him up for an interview. I wanted to give you guys, excuse me, an example through Candace, who was here earlier and now John, of what it looks like to go on the prophetic journey and go after it, you know, go after it, engaging culture. Because all the things that we're talking about with words and knowledge and prophecy, they're, they're wonderful for the church and they help build the church, but they help build the identity of God in the whole world. And so that's one of my passions in life is to see how we can engage culture through hearing God's voice. And I actually like the word prophetic. A lot of people um, have had that branded wrongly. And we're trying to reestablish the beauty of the word prophecy, prophet, and prophetic again. So I'm hoping that this is encouraging to you. How many of you guys got uh, a word of knowledge today? This is awesome. That's a lot of you. How many of you were surprised by how specific it was? Yes! That's a huge majority. How many of you didn't get any words of knowledge at all? How many of you tried though, but you didn't get any? Woo! I celebrate you. I champion you. I want to encourage you, whether you got some or whether you didn't get some, you're part of an experience and an experiment to grow. And I'm just so proud of you for coming and also for for going for it in that way. And how many of you, did anybody here get like a life-changing word from somebody while you've been here? Wow, that's, that's a good number of people too. I love that there's, we, you know, that's just a byproduct. We're just going after a seminar to learn and some of you are getting life-changing words, which is good. Okay, so let me introduce John for real. So John, you obviously heard because him and his wife are in the activation, some of the things that he does. Entrepreneur, he has a building business, so they do real estate. And then he has Are You Real podcast. And this podcast, he's, he's talking to everyday believers about how their faith is really impacting the world around them. And as, as well as this place of identity that him and his wife have gone on of just getting strong and strengthened and in God themselves. And so they've wanted to apply that and give that away through media through this podcast. And if you look at the iTunes charts, the Google Play charts, they're on the top charts, usually number one the day it comes out every time. They're competing with Joel Olstein and Joyce Myers. They're competing with, I mean, not that they're competing, but they're, those are the names that are out there that John will be like the number one guy on podcast. And he's just from Amarillo, Texas. I mean, he's, he's just John. Good old Amarillo. Amarillo, woo, woo, woo. So the fact that God's raised him up to be a voice and to provide this media platform to really empower people is just absolutely phenomenal. And so I wanted him to be on this, uh, both in front of you live, but also on our podcast, because I just so believe in his message and his heart. We've had a couple times that we've talked, and I just feel like he's going after God the way that God wants to be gone after, and it's really encouraging to me. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. It's Thanks awesome. for hosting today. Yes, it's been a blast. <laughs> 
See, this is a really fun crowd, though. It's a really fun crowd. You guys crowd. are engaging. You're awesome. It's, you know, honestly, what I love about this region of just Texas and Oklahoma, Arkansas, is that you aren't playing. You're, like, going after God They're for serious. real. And you're serious about life, which is really good. And you go on. to some places in this region, like, outside of these three states I mentioned, and sometimes you get people who are just kind of doing life. But you guys are like living life. It's, I just love this region so much. One of the reasons why we came here first from California, we've done some events in California and our own events, we wanted to come here first. We just love Dallas. So it was the first one on our map. And so you guys, thank you so much for being an amazing group. Yeah. So John, okay. tell us about some of the journey points that you have. And I, I can ask you specific questions because I know some of the stories, but we'll start with this one, even though I want to go more into your journey. Okay. Just because I like this story where you gave a word of knowledge, you really took a risk and you went for it over somebody. It was super simple, but it actually was super profound for him about a fruit. fruit. Yes. Okay. So that was awesome. So I had been in prophetic ministry for about two or three years and uh, had great teachers and we're at a men's conference and they asked the men's, uh, the prophetic guys to break away and to, um, to talk, uh, to break up. So we're going out there and uh, I'm with two other guys. We're teams of three and the guys are coming up during break time. And we sit down and I loved the group of guys I was with, man, we're just flowing. Like one guy would say something and the next guy would pick up on it. We're going back and forth uh, like all, all day. Well, this guy sits down and all of a sudden, like, I have nothing. Like, I feel dry. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, I, my ego, I felt really stupid. And um, so these, the two guys I'm with, they're just hammering away. And they kind of, like, look over at me like, don't you have something? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, the Lord just drops the word apple in my head. And, and this is my conversation with God. I'm just being honest. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm like, really, Apple? I'm not going to say Apple. There's like nothing exhilarating. There's nothing fun about Apple. So I go on and, and I finally just, I told the guy, I said, man, I'm just going to take a step of faith. I said, does the word Apple mean anything to you right now? And the guy just starts tearing and crying. And he says, I just battled and had throat cancer for the last like two or three years. And he said, my favorite thing to eat was an apple. And he said, for the first time in years, I just recently got to eat my first apple. Wow. And, and I think through that, what it showed me was, is like even, I, I think as prophetic people, sometimes we think we have to have this amazing, elaborate word that just is gonna rock somebody's socks. And it's something so small as just saying apple, and all of a sudden, he was able to receive the Father's love like nobody's, there was not another word, obviously, I could have I said God loves you, but I said apple, and he knew exactly what that meant, and that was amazing. So. And I love that, because the, the desire to be profound will always lead you the wrong way. It just will, it'll lead you the wrong way. I'm, like, I'm constantly practicing childlike faith, and that's what that took, and that's yeah. such a great example of like, I'm just going to go with and follow the Father where he leads, and, and just give this thought that turned out to be a love letter to this guy's heart. Yeah which is so awesome. So let's go on your journey a little bit because okay. you have been, uh, even some of the stuff that you had sent me, you've been on a journey really of identity and really building something here in your heart that's being exported now yes. in a very quick way. So tell us a little bit about this. How did you get 
here in that context? So it, it started when, um, obviously when my wife and I first got married and it's really what I call my salvation day. So uh, we got married at 20. The Lord spoke to each, each of us. That was like one of those prophetic moments. I got to tell you this moment real quick. So um, we're living together. We're not saved. We're going to church and just like discovering this whole God process. And the Lord speaks to both of us individually and says, get married or separate. And I'm like 20 years old. I'm on a football scholarship. I'm playing in college. She's doing beauty pageants. I knew in my mind thinking, well, we can't get married. I'm going to lose. She's going to lose her scholarships. I'm going to lose mine. And it was this really crazy deal. I remember one day I went to her and I said, um, we, we need to talk. And she's like, well, I, I got some, God showed me something. I need to tell you something. And I said, well, the Lord told me that um, we need to get married or separate. And wow. she's like, well, God told me we needed to get married or separate. And I'm like, well, what the heck do you do with that? You get married or yeah. separate? <laughs> so, so anyways, we get married. And honestly, we, we lived in a small town um, and it was the hardest 10, I felt like the Lord took us to the wilderness for 10 years. Wow. Like it was the hardest 10 years of my entire, I would say of our life. And we laugh. Most people have this amazing honeymoon, right? Like our first 10 years of marriage was hell. Oh. And, and it's because we were learning each other and working through stuff and the Lord was speaking to us. And so we're going through that process of learning what it's like to be kings and queens and identity and who we are and letting the Lord love us and to receive the Father's love. So through that process, I just started discovering prophetic and I'd hear guys like you and, and uh, Chris Valentin and, and Bill Johnson and all that stuff. And, and it was just really pulling, it just pulled me. Wow. And in going through that, what I started to discover was, is when you can hear God's voice, there's nothing like it. Like yeah. when you can pull a word from heaven and you can release it into somebody and you can speak to their spirit from what the Father has to say to them, it's life-changing. Absolutely. And I... I think it's interesting that uh, you started a podcast. It's not directly prophetic, although you talk about God's stories yes. all the time. And that's so many people. I think there's something in this generation who's looking for God in their story. Yes. And that's what your podcast really talks about. But how did you start that and where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, so through the process of trying to find identity and discovering purpose for myself, um, I, w I was just on this journey and I remember listening. I was like, the Lord said, you're going to speak to nations. Wow. And, and so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what, is, what does that look like? Am I going to travel? Am I, how am I going to speak to nations? And uh, I was listening to this guy one day, and he started talking about podcasts. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. I like to talk, and I love people's stories. And um, I just remember thinking, I'm like, I'm going to try it. And so I joined the, like this online forum, and I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And I had zero idea what I was doing. And uh, I realized I was too busy to do it. It was kind of like a side hustle. And uh, so I just, I, I took the same concept of construction because I, I hire subcontractors. So wow. I thought, well, surely there's people that I can hire that can help me figure this out. And we just started it. And when I started it, what I did was, is I knew my personality and I said, I'm going to quit at six months and I'm not going to like this anymore. This, I'm going to think this sucks. And uh, so six months rolls around and I was like, I quit. 
I, I absolutely hate this because, <laughs> and this is what's funny, to be honest, is in my mind, we were only getting, in, in this, some this is big but and some small, but we were getting like 2,000 downloads a month. And I remember thinking, but my friends are getting hundreds of thousands. And, and I was competing with them, sure. right? And uh, I wanted to quit, but I told the Lord, no matter what, I would do it for one year. And then at like eight and nine months, all of a sudden, like it just took off. Wow. And um, like you came on, guys like Michael McIntyre, uh, the guy from the shack, um, Paul, Young. Paul Young, that was a phenomenal deal. And uh, anyways, so it went from me pursuing people to now all of a sudden, like we get flooded uh, constantly now with wow. like books and stuff like that. People asking us to come on our show. Well, what's interesting is that like God tells you, you're going to have a voice of the nations. And you may not think about this, but think about the average size church in America, 75 people. And so that pastor, those leaders that are speaking to those people, they're speaking to 75 people and their families a week. Yeah. And you're, here you're on a podcast and every week you're in thousands of homes or cars or offices and creating a voice with that many people. I mean, it would take some of the people who are on your show a whole year to travel all year yes. long to reach the amount of people you've reached in one show. Yeah. So like right now, we're, I think we're in 143 countries. Wow. And we do like just over 100,000 plus downloads a month. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's a, can you imagine God gives you a word like that? I just want to put it in perspective. Realize the top ministries in the world are competing for that space and they're getting 100,000 downloads a month. That's not like, that's, that's not normal. So this is a very supernatural thing that happened. Yeah. So part of the concept of why you did it, tell us that. Tell us the concept of what it is. So honestly, like going through church, I love the church, but I was frustrated because what I felt like, we were in a mega church, which is a phenomenal church, by the way. And what I saw was, is all this talent around me. Like I saw, hey, sorry. And um, I saw all these people that had stuff to give that were amazing. They could be uh, counselors or marriage ministries or prophetic people or just whatever. And I remember looking around and thinking, but there's only one stage and there's not room for all these people. Yeah, totally. and, that, and that bugged me because I'm like, they have something to give and they're not being utilized. And I just looked around and I thought, and, and honestly, at the time I was going through an identity crisis because I was thinking, I have something to give you and I want to give it, but you're not letting me. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Fine. If, if you won't do that, I'm going to be the person that creates the platform to promote people. Wow. And what I found through that, and if, if you get anything out of what I say, this is what I found. And, and I'm going to relate it to sports because I play team sports. When, when I played in college and in high school, I played football. Like it was about me and what I could do. And I was trying to get to whatever level, right? In high school, you're trying to get to college. College, you're trying to move up. And it was about me. And what I found was what the Lord showed me is when I was willing to lay my life down, and I wanted to promote people and I, and I could see their gifts. When I laid my agenda down and promoted what other people were doing from a sincere heart, yeah. all of a sudden like our podcast exploded because wow. it was about the kingdom and promoting what God was doing in other people's lives. That's amazing. I think of Dr. James Dobson in that because everybody thinks of him. He's a household name amongst Christianity. But all he did was offer other people a platform to share their message. 
And he launched so many people by doing that. And if you talk to him personally, he would say, my goal, my role was to launch other people. And he got launched through it. And I'm just saying that because it's a secret for some of you who are saying, why isn't there more platform? There's not more room. There's not room for me. There's always room for you. But a lot of times your room that there's for you is linked to serving someone else emerging. It's just true. Like I remember when I was first emerging in the prophetic, I actually still served Jill Austin. I don't know if you've ever heard that name, but she was this prophetess in Kansas City, crazy hippie potter who I love and didn't have any infrastructure at all and would blow up rooms wherever she went with the presence of God. And I would just serve her. And it would just, I just said, what do you need done? I'll do whatever. Yeah. Duplicate tapes. Remember tapes? Because you duplicate tapes today? Sure, I'll come over. And, and I was ministering and traveling too. But I served my guts out and she couldn't help because she loved me, tell everybody about me everywhere. It was just she, but I didn't do it with the motive of like being known. I just knew that you can't outgive God. And so I love that even with this platform because I feel like, you know, some of the greatest people in our generation, they've just launched other people and it's been their launching pad. And I, I feel that when I listen to the show, it's like, you're so interesting because I feel like you ask the questions I want to ask and it's sincere, which is really, that's beautiful. Yeah. So take me on... Uh, I know that the apple is one of the riskiest words you gave, but tell me some of the other risky prophetic moments you've had in your lifetime. Bad ones or good no, ones? No, good ones. <laughs> Bad ones. Tell us something that didn't work. That'd be they fun. did work? Tell, did not work. Tell us something that did not work. They did not work. Okay. Yeah. So This is a seminar where we're not all succeeding all the time. Okay. So in prophetic ministry, like Sean was talking about earlier, um, you, you take the bad and I always get back into the father and say, okay, what are you saying about this bad situation? And one of the ones is we were at work, I was doing construction. One of my best friends was with me and we're in this granite warehouse and uh, we're negotiating a granite deal with this guy. And uh, the Lord speaks to me very directly and says, uh, the guy's addicted to coding. And I'm thinking, crap, how do I deal with this? And I knew better, like I should have just said, I could have said, and we had this conversation, there's so many other directions I could have went with this, but I literally just said, hey, the Lord just showed me that you're addicted to coding. And uh, in the moment I said it, I was thinking, I can't believe you just said that. And my friend looks over at me like, I can't believe you just said that. And the worst part is after, at that point, the guy totally just closed up. And, and what I learned in that moment was though, is I took a moment I really could have, I think could have ministered to that guy, possibly freed him from addiction. Now, obviously no God read his mail. So he, he walked away, maybe kind of freaked out, but it was one of those moments that like, I think doing prophetic, we have to be so careful with what we say and how we say it, because God is in that moment wanting to speak to that person, but we gotta be careful with our words because they're powerful. Yeah, I think I've hit a lot of these, these situations and I used to be more direct and say, so, you know, how's this going for you and whatever. And I would just confront, especially my friends, how's the pornography going? You know, like I just, <laughs> yeah. I, my friends, like they, they knew I loved them, but I would bring stuff up. I would confront them on stuff they weren't even asking me to be a part of the journey of. So I remember at one point God spoke to me and said, I'm showing you some things to invite you into the conversation I'm having, but you wait until they're ready to deal with it and to, to talk to it and just love them through it. So my wife and I were out to dinner one time with a guy and he goes, can I talk to you for a minute? And I go, yeah, my wife, and I, she was using the phone and he goes, and I had seen, you know, that he was dealing with some hardcore pornography stuff. I could just discern it or get a word in all either one. 
And I knew that it wasn't my job to do anything about that, but I just was praying for him for a minute. And he goes, how do you deal with traveling away from your wife and with pornography? And I said, you know, honestly, like my dad taught me and I kind of went through the foundation as far as like just honoring my wife. My dad's like, when I'm saying yes to that, I'm saying no to a place of intimacy with my wife. It's not good to do, whatever. So my dad laid this really good foundation. I said, so basically like you need to learn what you're saying yes to so your no can become strong towards pornography. And I began to pray with him and said, there's some programs you can go through. And he starts to like really confess like terabytes and terabytes of porn. That's a daily six to eight hour struggle. Like that's a lot of struggle. So my wife comes back to the table and she's like, what are you guys talking about? He goes, my porn addiction. And she looks at me, she's like, why did you bring this up? You know, I'm like, no, he brought it up. It's not me this time, you know? So. I'm innocent this time. I'm innocent, I'm innocent. But, but I would find when I would confront people, and a lot of you need to hear this, when I would confront people, when it wasn't a relational process, it actually violates love. Yeah. And so it's better to bring, there's a million things you can say and do to stimulate a conversation with someone and then they can have the opening to have you as a safe place. And a lot of times they'll bring it up, even they'll bring up something that God's preparing you to deal with with them. But sometimes you can sidestep the relational process. So I really love that example. And, and the reason I like to give those examples, I'm one of those people I learned from like, that's what not to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Me too. I love those. So yeah. tell us a victory, a big win. Tell us a prophetic win. Man, I've had so many. Baby, what's one that I'm trying to think of one that we talked about that was... He's leaning on his wife. Come on, baby. While you're thinking of one, there's, there's one that comes to my mind that's one of my favorites. So this, uh, we're on the job site, we're at work, and I'm with, at the time, was my partner, same one uh, that looked at me when I said the coding one, right? And he doesn't even have the Holy Spirit yet. And we're working, we're building this handicap ramp, and uh, this lady walks out, and uh, the Lord speaks to me and says, I want to heal her today. And my friend was a pastor's, uh, he's a pastor's son, never seen that stuff, didn't even really believe in it. We had lots of conversations about it. And she's walking down this ramp and the Lord says, I want to heal her. And I'm thinking, oh man, I got to pray for her right now. So she's limping down. And I said, "Uh, do you mind if we just pray for you real quick? And uh, she's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I'm having some pain in my knee. And I said, okay. So I, I invite my friend over and we lay hands on her and we start praying for her. And all of a sudden, like I look up and she takes off. Now, mind you, she walked out of her trailer limping, okay? I look up and she is in a dead sprint <laughs> running down the ramp and starts running circles wow. around her Honda and goes, this is the best part. She goes, holy bleep, I'm healed, I'm healed. God healed me, holy bleep. <laughs> and I loved it because it took like the religiousness out of it. Like Absolutely. she's cussing, running around her car. Worshiping God. Worshiping God because he healed her leg. I'm like, this is awesome. And I remember my friend looking over at me just like, did this just really just happen? He's like, you healed this lady. And I'm like, dude, I didn't do anything. I just prayed over her. God healed her. And this isn't us. And it was cool though, because she got healed and his faith was like, oh, this is real. Like this is legitimate. That is awesome. I love that God used that example in front of him to do that. Yeah, yeah that's, that deserves some worship. That's awesome. God, you're so good. So I got two for one. You did. Two and I think God does it all the time. Like Jesus always did miracles in front of people to display his nature to him, not just to do the miracle. And so that's, 
I mean, I, I have a church full of pastor's kids. So the church I started in LA had over 87 pastor's kids come at one time or another. And we called it the support group for recovering pastor's <laughs> kids. And they need that. They need to see it yeah. from their own eyes because they've heard the stories and they're de- desensitized or, de- you know, they need yeah. inoculated, so to speak. Yeah. And I love that. Okay. Any last stories? I'm trying to think. Baby, do I got any other stories? Oh, the baby. Dude, that was awesome. Yes. Okay, so check this out. So we, do a, we were doing a prophetic night at our house. We just started inviting friends over and we're like, hey, do you guys want to do worship in prophetic? And uh, this couple came and, uh, and I'm going to totally hack the story. My wife's so much better than I am. So, but anyways, I just remember we prophesied over them. The Lord spoke to them. She, she couldn't have children. And she was having a hard time and we just ended up laying hands on her and speak. The Lord said she was going to have a kid. And was it what, a couple weeks or months, couple weeks later, she ends up telling us uh, that she's pregnant and now they're two kids. And I remember she Facebooked us and called us. She was like in tears and uh, just saying, so we've had several like that, but yeah, they're just phenomenal. And anyway, so they have two kids now and God just totally healed her. That's amazing. Yes, God. So just as we're ending, as you're exploring just walking in the prophetic and how it's impacting your your life and your friendship and your world, what is something, especially in a seminar and even those who are going to listen to the podcast, what's what's one of the golden keys you have that helps you to take the risk? Is Okay, so after doing like over 100 podcasts now, there's one, everybody asks me, so what do you, because I've had big, small to great people, right? And everyone wants to know, like, what's the secret? Yeah. And if you look all through the Bible, there's one common theme and it hasn't changed in its obedience. Yeah. And every person that I've interviewed that I've noticed that they've stepped out in faith and just done whatever God told them to do, it didn't matter. When they obeyed, it was that one step that opened numerous doors and it's never changed. So I just encourage you guys, like no matter how stupid it feels, and even if it makes you look like the dumbest person in the world, like think about David going to fight Goliath. Like he was probably my size, like this little runny guy versus a seven <laughs> foot six guy, right? Or whatever. And I'm just thinking like in our natural, it seems so dumb. But when we step out in faith and just do it, it's that door of faith that just explodes open. Yes. And all of a sudden God is able to do things that you never could have done, but you're obedient. Yeah, I, you know, and I'll say just out of that, I feel like when people ask me like, how did you get here? How did God raise you up? I laugh and I go, I was the one who was stupid enough to say yes over and over and over. And I didn't let my heart faint because I have friends who started out and were even ministry longer than I was. And they're not even Christians anymore. Like they're not even walking with God anymore. And I just stayed the course, stayed steady and said, God, I'm, I'm in this till the end. Like I'm, I'm going to be faithful. If you tell me to do it, it's, it may not be pretty or sexy or awesome, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going forward. And, and I feel that same way. It's like, I'm going to obey you no matter what. And I'm in this for the long haul. And before it's really awesome and it's visibly awesome, it's not for a while. And then all of a sudden God pops in and then there's other seasons where it gets better and better. But I do want to just go alongside that and just say obedience is another word for faith also. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for hosting today. Yeah. Thanks for being on this. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for connecting. Wow. 
Hey, Sean Bowles here, and I want to tell you about a resource we have. I have a prophetic perspective on Heaven's Economy, and it's based on my best-selling book, Keys Heaven's Economy, that we've now released in an e-course that's going to bring practical, biblical-based teaching that's going to help you to go on a prophetic journey over your finances, over the economy that you live in, and also help you to tap into what was in God's original plan and heart for you over your finances and resources. I want to encourage you, especially if you're a person who is believing for great things in your life to come, you need to be resourced. Every destiny has a provision linked to it and attached to it. And this e-course is going to teach you how to access that. Not only is there teaching, but there's prayer. There's a prophetic encounter that I share. And my encounter becomes your encounter as you listen and as you go on this journey with me. So come on the journey through our e-course, Keys to Heaven's Economy. Check it out on courses.bullsministries.com or www.bullsministries.com. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. Thank you.